In honor of Earth Month, which we celebrate for the whole of April, we're bringing you updates of some of our favorite stories. Back in July of 2011, we looked at harnessing the power of ocean tides to generate electricity. Jeff Young went to Maine to bring us this report. The barge-like craft moored to a dock in Portland, Maine, looks like some modern version of a sternwheel paddleboat. Hydraulic arms hold a massive cylinder of blades ready to go in the water. But this boat isn't built for speed. It's built for power, tidal power. It's the creation of Chris Sauer and his Ocean Renewable Power Company. This is our baby. This is uh, the Energy Tide 2. This is the largest ocean energy device ever deployed in U.S. waters. Let's have a look. Come aboard. The Energy Tide 2 is normally anchored near Eastport in an arm of the Bay of Fundy called Cobbscook Bay. Sauer towed it to Portland for a national convention on ocean energy. He shows me to the boat's business end, the high-tech composite blades curved inside a turbine generator unit, or TGU. When it's fully deployed, it's directly under this axle right here. Mm-hmm. And it's about 15 feet from the water, top of the water, to the top of the TGU. And then it's locked into position. And it just sits there, and as the tidal currents come, it starts to generate electricity. And then, of course, the tide reverses and comes the other way and does the same thing. On an average basis, we're generating about 18 to 20 hours a day. A small cabin crowded with electronics and monitors converts the power and keeps track of what's happening underwater. The unit can generate 60 kilowatts of power, and that's been going to a Coast Guard station, the country's first federal facility to use tidal power. But primarily, this is a research project. Sauer says in a year of operation, it's shown virtually no impact to fish or other marine life. And it's proved that the tides can predictably generate power that could be plugged into the grid. Now, Sauer wants to scale up. The next step is our uh, turbine generator unit uh, is going to be uh, get a little bigger. Uh, instead of two turbines, it's going to have four turbines. It's going to be about twice as long, but it's going to put out three times the power. So instead of a design capacity of 60 kilowatts, it will be 180 kilowatts. And uh, we hope to get that in the water and connected to the grid by the end of the year. That's our plan. Sauer says the project has also proved tidal power can generate jobs. The company's provided jobs for 100 people in Maine, people like Daryl Speed, who had been laid off. Honestly, I was at the, the stage was I was going to have to look to go outside of Maine. I mean, I was born and raised here, want to stay here, but, uh, you know, it was coming down to that. That's when Speed saw an ad for Ocean Renewable Power. He had no idea what it was about. Well, quite frankly, I, don't, I didn't care at the time. I needed a job. Like I said before, I wanted to stay in Maine. And, but since I've gotten here, this company is, you know, it is a company about creating jobs, but it's also a company about creating a sustainable energy uh, resource for the United States. Uh, and it's renewable. The tides go and ebb and flood every day. You can set your watch by it. No, will we be 100% will we be able to replace all of our energy resources? No, but we're part of the answer, a big part of the answer. Well, it's a couple of years later, and that's about when the company hoped it would be feeding tide-generated power to the grid. So we contacted Chris Sauer, the president of Ocean Renewable Power Company, again to find out if he made his deadline of getting plugged in by the end of 2011. Uh, Well, uh, we uh, didn't quite make that schedule, but we did get it connected to the grid. In fact, September 5th of 2012, we uh, delivered the first 
power into the grid from an, any kind of ocean energy project, whether offshore wind, uh, wave, or tidal, anywhere in the Americas other than a, a project in Nova Scotia that involved a dam. So the tidal cycle is about 24 hours. How much of that period of time are you able to generate power? We're actually generating, uh, on an average basis, maybe 16 to 18 of the uh, hours in a day. Now, I understand that you've got plans to expand and put more tidal generators in the Bay of Fundy in Maine. Tell me about that, please. We uh, were able to negotiate a long-term 20-year power purchase agreement, which means we secured the market at an attractive price for our power to build out the project in uh, down east Maine, eventually up to uh, 5 megawatts, which we, uh, we intend to do over the next uh, four or five years. How many units will you have? Well, that'll be uh, roughly uh, 18 to 20 additional turbine generator units, we call them, TGUs. Now, of course, the tides are one source. What about uh, tidal rivers? Well, rivers, uh, any kind of moving water. We have a, uh, what's called RivGen power system, which is a much smaller version, and it's really designed to be installed in remote communities that have what they call microgrids typically powered by diesel generators, and uh, this is a system that we essentially can tow up river. It deploys itself. We simply ballast it. Uh, our first project is going in uh, a year from this summer in a little village in Alaska called Igiagig, so that's very exciting. And for folks who are wondering what's novel, of course, no dam required. No dam required and nothing visible from the surface. Everything is below the water, so we like to tell people the view before we uh, install the project is exactly the same view you see after. Chris, back uh, in 2011, you were concerned about federal funding for tidal energy projects. How's that going, and, and what's going on in terms of federal backing for your research and installation? First of all, the, the project that we have installed now could not have been done without significant involvement with the U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, we were able to uh, secure on a competitive basis a $10 million uh, grant for this project, which has uh, really allowed us then to raise the private capital. But in general, the mood in uh, Washington, D.C. is to defund uh, R&D, particularly for new things like tidal or wave. And, and so we've been battling that, the amount of money that is made available for, for instance, DOE to bid out on a competitive basis is really a pittance. It's a few million bucks compared to the money made available for other things like nuclear or, quote, clean coal, it's really minuscule. When do you get to break even on this? Assuming the growth scenario where we're able to attract capital, we as a company will be, uh, I think, at a break-even point in about three years. In terms of cost of electricity, our projections are showing by 2020 or so we are going to be competitive with virtually any new sources of power. If you look out into that time frame, it looks very good. The, the issue is how do we get from here to there? So give me the back of the envelope calculation as to what the potential for tidal power is in the United States. If we were to tap, you know, the, the obvious and uh, sort of the easier places to do, how much of our power could we get from tidal energy? You know, there's estimates that say it could be ultimately 15 or 20 percent of the uh, total uh, demand for electricity in the United States. Let me guess. There are other countries around the world that are grabbing this technology and running with it. Do I have that right? You're right. In fact, our competition is really, for the most part, over in Europe. Uh, one of the things that's happened there was early on, there were significant government uh, involvement in terms of subsidies to get people going. And then uh, some of the European industrial companies, people like Siemens and ABB and others, 
have now invested in uh, those European companies that have projects in the water, uh, although uh, honestly we've kind of caught up with them. But the problem is now they've gained uh, significant uh, capital and uh, in human resources, and this is not happening in the U.S., we're in a, uh, a David and Goliath dilemma here because we're going up against the big boys and we're not that big. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I've heard this story before. I think it's called wind energy. I mean, we develop the turbines, but the Germans make and sell them now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we started out in the 70s pioneering and uh, and we kind of lost patience and interest. And next thing you know, uh, the wind industry comes back in the 90s and it's most of it is being uh, built by uh, companies from uh, Europe. So I, I hope this doesn't happen, but it looks like that may be where this is uh, what's all headed, which is uh, unfortunate. Did you ever think when you were a boy playing at the seashore that you would be harnessing all those waves? Well, it's funny. I'm from Illinois, central Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. I didn't even see an ocean until I was in my 20s. So I didn't dream about that because I, I had a hard time conjuring up what the heck the seashore looked like. But the, the thing that was compelling at first was you know, almost 70% of the world is covered in water. And what I didn't know at the time is 70% of the electricity in the world is within 200 miles of an ocean. And so if you can somehow put those two things together, uh, excuse the bad pun, but it'll be a sea change in how electricity is generated and distributed. Perhaps it'll play in Peoria. It will play in Peoria. Chris Sauer is president of the Ocean Renewable Power Company. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. It was a pleasure.